This is Talk To Me, the podcast that brings together a former new metal bass player and a rock concert photographer to interview musicians from hardcore to hair metal. Here are your hosts, Joshua Toomey and Mike G. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Talk To Me. This is episode 93, and this is Scott Bowling of Good Company with Bowling. I am your host, Joshua Toomey. I'm Mike G. And I'm Scott Bowling. Hey, there's Scott already on the show. So we're going to go ahead and bring him on in this week. Uh, before we get to Scott, let's uh, go ahead and say thank you guys for listening to us on iTunes, Google Play, Podcast Addict, however you get the podcast. Make sure you're leaving a nice five-star rating, a nice five-star review, and also sharing the show on Facebook and Twitter. We're going to pass up shout-outs for sharing. So if you share this episode or last episode with Trevor Pierce, you will get a shout-out on episode 94. So let's uh, let's get into this, Scott. How you doing tonight, man? Good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's very cool, man. Uh, a lot of you guys have probably heard me mention the name Scott Bowling a thousand times. He's uh, been a very strong uh, Patreon supporter. He's been, you know, he always kind of pops up, asks the artist a question, things like that. And uh, Scott has been a huge uh, supporter of the show, and he now has a. Uh, what would you, I guess it's a web web interview series, uh, man. Great production over there. It's called a Good Company with Bowling. So you know, just kind of kind of tell us a little bit about what you're doing over there. Well, basically, um, the the idea kind of started. Uh, I originally wanted to do a, a podcast, um, kind of like yours, man. But it just seemed like a lot of work <laughs> doing one every week. Um, so uh, me and my buddy kind of came up with the idea. Of, why don't I just do something here and and uh, just make it more visual? You know. Um, I got a great like bar slash man cave and I didn't know if I could do it or not. I, I interviewed one of my buddies and, uh, that seemed to go pretty well, but, uh, Tell you what, so, man. So, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. With, with you saying, um, it looks like we have a lot of work on our end, man. I've checked out some of your videos and I think all the works, the hard work is over on your end. Dude. Yeah, it is yeah, a lot of work. It, the it, thing the is thing getting is everybody, everybody together at the same time man. and um i got a wife and kids so it's like can you guys just not make any noise for the next uh, four or five hours <laughs> no the deal yeah we know that all too well uh, my, my wife and kids just got home from a from a play so they'll be stomping through the house any minute now oh great <laughs> <laughs> but anyway the show is basically i, I just uh, i've had a passion for music man and i just wanted to basically um ask questions man and get kind of kind of get it like my own little show I've, I've been really inspired by watching like um daryl hall has a show called um live at daryl's house um and that kind of i thought that was really cool how he gets to jam with the people and i thought it'd be cool to get to interview and you know play some music and then do some interviews again um and so far i've gotten a couple people um my uh the latest one i've gotten uh the artist i have is um eric rogers from um stereo mud and sound device and man he's in a lot of projects yes he is man that guy has a the voice of gold like i said on the episode i had with him and uh you know getting to tour with him back in the day and stuff and you know seeing him night after night he his voice is just a you know he's a little guy but he's got a gigantic voice dude it was it was a trip watching it when he came over man he was um so cool and so down to earth but when they start setting up and getting all their gear straight, man, he got so focused, man. It was like, <laughs> I knew not to bother, man. He just he was in the zone of getting everything ready and getting the music going. And, man, they started playing, and I was like, wow, man. It just seemed so cool to see how that just all came together. And, and um, man, I tell you, man, it was really exciting just to hear him play, man. It was, the just room was full of energy. And uh, it was really cool, man. I was really glad to 
sit down and talk to him, man. Just he's got such a, a awesome history, man. It was trying to fit all that into our show is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that that's the one thing uh, you kind of talked about with me a little bit is you're kind of on a time constraint because I mean you're uh, kind of got some outside production and you're 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 kind of right. you only have so much time that they'll edit for you. I'm not really sure how that side of the world works. But, uh, you know, with a podcast, you can talk for 10 hours or you can talk for 20 minutes. But with, you know, your show, you've kind of got uh, some time restraints. So you've got to fit all of your questions in, uh, I guess, as quick as possible. Yeah, exactly. And it's um, and people, when they're watching and when they're listening to a podcast, it's one thing. Because, you you know, you can be working, you can be doing other things, you know. But when you're watching this web series, you got to you got to commit. It's almost like watching a movie or something. It truly so is, yeah. you, you got to keep people's uh, attention span. <laughs> So it's like, please watch it all the way through. <laughs> right. <laughs> right on. Uh, recently, um, um, we're, we're starting to, when I say we, let me um, tell you about, uh, kind of plug in who, who's helping me here. Um, that was going to be my, ne- that was going to be my next question for you. How many people? <laughs> maybe? I have, I have, um, right now I have a, a, a fellow named Dustin Blake okay. and, uh, he has his own, um, company called, um, root down studios um you can find them um you know www.rootdownstudios.net he um basically the first guy interviewed kurt thomas anyway uh, uh dustin basically shot a few videos for um kurt thomas and when i was talking to kurt i was like i need somebody to film this thing you know i don't know who to get and kurt said well, why don't you get you know the guy that does all my videos so um i called him up man and, and he came down and he was all for it um so it you know, it's working out good. You know, we're kind of, we only got two episodes. So, but the second one, we kind of had a routine down, you know, I knew where he was going to set up and, and everything seemed to run a little bit smoother. Yeah. You've definitely got a good, uh, you've got a good set down there with, you know, with your bar because I mean, I'm, you know, we're friends on Facebook. I've always kind of seen like the background of your, uh, everything kind of going on in your house. I mean, you've got, you know, record, you know, gold records on the wall. You know, I'm always like, man, is this guy like in the music business or something? But, you, yeah. know, you, you know, you're just a huge fan of music. And so for you, you know, getting to do this type of stuff, I think it's going to be, a, you know, really cool for you. Well, I appreciate that, man. You know, it's it's funny, this whole thing, uh, um, I may have told you this earlier, um, but this whole thing kind of kind of started between you doing your podcast because I was like, man, you, you're into like so many bands I'm into and it's like, and it just really kind of inspired me. And uh, another person that really inspired me was uh, uh, I met uh, Rich Ward um, at the Suck Mojo reunion show. I think it was back in 2014. And uh, he was telling me about, about you know, uh, he's like, all I listen to is podcasts now. And I was like, really? You know, I, I heard a podcast, but I wasn't really much into it. And he's like, yeah, I listen, you know, Jericho, obviously, being the singer. Um, He's like, I listen to Jericho and Eddie Trunk, and he's naming all these people. And I was like, damn, I had to check that out. So when I heard that, and then and I found you through kind of chasing, I don't know how you say chasing the rabbit hole. <laughs> chasing, <laughs> yeah, before. Yeah, chasing stuck mojo around, yeah. <laughs> yes, and then I, I, called, I called you, and then I, and I found your show, man. And it kind of inspired me, man. I was like, you know, I'm, I have such a passion for music. My wall, everybody's wondering if I'm in a band or something. Right. <laughs> Maybe I should pursue it, you know. Um, doing this show was definitely like uh, kind of stepping out of my comfort zone, you know. I was like, you know, I don't know if I can do this or not, um, but I have a passion for it. I'm not, you know, it, I'm not trying to fake it like, yeah, I just want to do a show or whatever. Um, so it, it, so far it's been good. Well, I think what you learn interviewing people is people really enjoy talking about themselves, especially musicians. So you'll, I think you'll be fine. Absolutely. <laughs> 
And if you get, and if you win, win, and if you do get Rich Ward on your show, you're going to definitely need more than a half an hour to interview him because at half an hour, half an hour answer for Rich Ward is one question. So, oh, it's great, man. I'd rather have that than you know than the uh, awkward. (laughs) So uh, next question, but uh, yeah, man, uh, I would love to have Rich Ward. Um, There's kind of like I got like a bucket list growing already, man. And Rich Ward's definitely on there, man. And uh, Bones, I talked about on that list. Uh, who else I have on the list? Uh, Seven Dust. And I'm, oh, yeah. I'm kind of glad you asked that. I'm going to see them Friday, man. They're doing uh, their first album from start to finish um, on Friday in oh, Atlanta. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's going to be crazy. Yeah. yeah, man. So I'm definitely going to be like, hey, man, let me interview you. <laughs> <laughs> Please. The, the, the one kind of hurdle we're kind of uh, facing right now with my show is that it is my house. And so I'm it's like, Almost like it's like I should change my name to Good Company uh, in, in Georgia or something. Right. You know? It's like I can't. <laughs> Some people know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> right I talked to Bones and he said, uh, he said, man, I'll be on the show, man, but I have to fly in and all this. I was like, man, it's a, it stinks, man. It's a lot of work, you know? So yeah. But now, I mean, kinda, uh, Atlanta's a good town, though, to have uh, you know, a good music town. There's a lot of talent down there and a lot of bands are from down there and you know, maybe you can even venture into to you know hip hop night at Scott Bowling's house. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. We we were talking about me and uh, uh Dustin were talking about that because you know our format is we play music and and the interview. And I said, well, if we have Bones. What are we gonna do? And Dustin said, well, man, just get Bones to freestyle, and I'll play the Gahone or Jimbe or something, and and we'll just do like something like that. <laughs> yeah, just don't just but don't I definitely uh, want to. Just don't tell Bones that, that uh you know don't say anything about him and Chris Jericho or <laughs> compare compare him. Absolutely. Oh man! Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe I should just have them both on the show together. You know? Yeah, that'd be great. That's a talk greatest hits episode right there. <laughs> right. Definitely, and then just have Rich Ward on the side too, man. It'd be all good. <laughs> man, I don't know who would win in, in, in like a three-way match like that. I mean, you know, Rich is a pretty buff, dude too. Especially back in the '90s, he was super buff. Dude, yes, man. And his voice, man. When he when he uh, when he screams or hollers or whatever you call it. Uh, it sounds pretty brutal, man. Like I don't want him yelling at me like that. You know, <laughs> you know what's funny about that about Fozzie or Stuck Mojo, however you want to look at it. But you know, Frank, he is a huge talker, and then you got Bones, you know, huge talker. You got Rich, huge talker. You know, you throw Jericho in that mix. Huge. I I wonder who gets any words in when they talk. Dude, seriously, <laughs> that's a great point, man. Because <laughs> Frank, Frank is and another Billy dude Gray. you should get on your show too. Yeah, Billy Gray, get get Frank on your show too, man. Frank will talk your head off. Yes, definitely. I, I've actually uh, I met Frank a couple of times, man. I met all of, all these guys a couple of times, man. And you know what? It's funny is that every time I'm every time I meet, it's like when I meet them, it's like they're meeting me for the first time. They meet you know however many people every time they go to a show, play a show. Um, but the one thing I always love asking them is, tell me more about that Pantera tour you did, you know, overseas. They <laughs> love that stuff, man, and I, I love hearing about it. Right. Like like when Bones got uh, I think he told me about Dime gave him the Dime took uh, fake shots or just didn't didn't put liquor in his uh, Dr Pepper but Bones thought he did and Bones trying to match him and uh, Bones ended up getting feeling pretty good that night. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, hey, let's get into our uh, talk to me cover of the week. I let Scott Scott's going to pick all the music tonight. Uh, after we do the yes. cover of the week, we're going to come back. We're going to talk some music, talk some of uh, his favorite tracks here. He's picked some songs to play tonight. So, uh, 
All right, so now it's time for the Talk To Me cover of the week brought to you by MetalNexus.net. Make sure to head over to MetalNexus.net where they put music first, album and tour reviews, news, interviews. Step into the Nexus over at MetalNexus.net. You can uh, find so much great stuff over there. They've, they've been kind enough to run some stories about Talk To Me in the past. Fist and all the guys over there at Metal Nexus have been great. So make sure to check out MetalNexus.net. For the Talk To Me cover of the week, we're going to do Inner City Blues. This is a Marvin Gaye song done by Seven Dust. Sky, give me a quick, uh, quick reason why you wanted to pick this as your cover song. I picked this man because I hardly ever hear, uh, I hardly ever hear anybody talking about it. Um, I bought seasons, seven to seasons. Um, you know, when it came out, and they had a special, I don't know, Japanese version or some kind of version where they had this on there. And the first time I heard it, I did not know it was a cover song, and I was like, "Wow, this is kind of weird. I don't know if I like it." Um, and it kind of grew on me, and then I found out it was a freaking Marvin Gaye song, and I was like. Damn it, I love the song now. It's great. <laughs> Here's uh, Inner City Blues, a Marvin Gaye song done by Seven Dust. You are listening to Talk To Me with Toomey and Bike.
what's happening. This is Trevor Phipps from Unearth, and you're listening to Talk To Me. All right, that was Inner City Blues by Seven Dust. What a cool cover. Very cool to have on the uh, Talk To Me cover of the week. And uh, let's get into some uh, songs with Scott Bowling of Good Company with Bowling. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I kind of give him the instructions to kind of you know pick five songs have a little story behind them or uh, or why you would want to pick those songs and uh i guess he gets to play uh radio dj for the talk to me podcast this week yes <laughs> uh this was actually really really hard man because uh, you know you kind of gave me a, a time to to pick and i came up with the list and then i woke up this morning and my list completely changed and <laughs> like, man, i'm getting like ocd about this i'm like why should i pick this <laughs> every single song i got kind of deep on you know like why well, ah, just pick something I have list here with me man i'm i'm on board with it so cool man um uh, you want me to go read the first one sure start it yeah go ahead and go in the in the order that you sent it to because i think closing with what you have is a good way to close so absolutely okay well the first one i got is uh, uh living color um you know just their classic uh cult of personality uh, some people may think you know man this song is just kind of burned out you know i've heard it a million times but honestly man I, I remember being a kid hearing that and just thinking it was so cool and man it just inspired me man just to got me so uh, i just i loved it man it was like that song and uh welcome to the jungle those two songs were like just inspired me i know they're they're kind of completely different but anyway uh, i kind of been recently i've been revisiting uh uh, Living Colors first album, Vivid, and I, I really, really like it, man. And I just really like this song, man. It just kind of opens up the album really well. So, did it inspire you to wear body glove body suits? You know, he said in uh, uh, that metal show. <laughs> I say he. I'm trying to remember his name. Corey Glover. <laughs> uh, Corey, Corey Glover. Yeah. Said that that was in a, a, a dark, dark closet. <laughs> <laughs> he still owned it, but it was in a very dark closet, and it ain't coming out. <laughs> Have you ever got a chance to see him live? I, I haven't, man. I really want to. You know, I know they did some something with Seven Dust on a cruise. Uh, I heard about that, and and I and didn't didn't Josh didn't you uh, get to uh, go on tour with them or something back in the day? Yeah, or we did. did that, uh, yeah. We did four shows with them. Uh, I did four shows with them right around two thousand two thousand one. Actually, I think we played Atlanta New Year's Eve. Like I got to spend uh, New Year's Eve in Atlanta with uh, Living <laughs> Color. There. Yeah, that was well, what were they like, man. Man, was they were great. I mean, they were great tour. to us. I mean, it was uh, uh, I was I was playing bass for a, for a female artist. You know, she had gotten the tour or whatever, so I went out and played played four shows with them, and did uh, you know, I think we did like a couple shows in Florida, and then uh, the Atlanta show and stuff like that. But yeah, they were they were great. That was that was like right when the um, behind the music stuff started kind of popping up. And, man, I was addicted to that. Yeah, those show. things were great, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so Vernon Reed, like every day, like during sound check and stuff, I would go and just pick his brain because he, you know, like that's kind of my style. But I would go and ask him a bunch of questions about the old days, and and uh, you know, he was always on those uh, behind the musics and, um, yeah, you know, do you remember the '80s type shows? So he would he would always be on there talking about other bands. So I was just asking him questions. But yeah, man, they were they were great to all of us. All of those guys were were super nice. Vernon seems almost underrated, man. And I know a lot of people acknowledge him, but I, I, I don't hear enough about him when people talk. Was uh, Doug the bass player when you toured with him? 
Uh, most likely. I don't know. I don't know who was who was playing what. And you know, outside of Vernon and Corey, I didn't really know. I mean, we only played four shows with them, so I wasn't like uh, BFFs or anything. Uh, you would have <laughs> you would have remembered if he was playing with them. I'm sure he was. Hey, right. Were you in? Uh, were you in? Uh, what what band were you in when you were opening for him? Uh, I was playing uh, with the, that girl Lennon. I don't know if you remember her from. See, the- I I do, man. I remember seeing Lennon and uh, Stereo Mud in Atlanta. And I'm wondering if you were there, man. I wasn't in the like, band. I, I wasn't playing with her then. Um, we came through Atlanta again. I think that might have been the the. That's kind of where I first met Eric Rogers. Was uh, Lennon played in Atlanta, and um, after the show, we went and hung out with Eric at like some janky sports bar. But you know, that was kind of my first taste of being on the road and like random rock stars showing up. I need to get you on my show, uh, Josh. You you and Mike, man, because I could pick your brain for a while, bro. <laughs> You got you got some cool stories, man. Yeah, me and Michael, we'll, we'll take a trip down to, we'll take a trip yeah. down to Cobb County, Georgia. But, there you go. There. What? And then the old <laughs> big boss man theme. But uh, <laughs> all right, man. Well, let's get into this uh, first track here. This is uh, "Living Color" with "Cult of Personality." You are listening to Talk to Me on Uncontrolled Noise. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Personality, the cult of personality. 
Hello there, this is Benji from the band called Skindred. This is my mate called Dan, and he is in Skindred too. Hello there! <laughs> and we just want to say, talk to me podcast. It's fucking rocking. Keep listening, keep rocking, while the DJ keeps spanning. Alright, and we're back. We're going to go on to our next track here. Let's go ahead and... Uh, man, this is one of my favorite bands, so I'm pretty excited for you to, to bring this one on here. So, So what's your next pick? My next pick is, uh, you know, this was hard because uh, my next, first of all, the band is Faith No More. Nice. I love Faith No More, man. I grew up listening to them. I, I've, I've got certain albums I, I like better than others. Um, this is really hard because, I, I okay, the song I picked was Midlife Crisis. Um, again, going back when I was a kid, I love that song, man. And I, I, I just, I remember that, that was back in the days when I would watch MTV and just wait for that song. Wait, wait. Oh, it's coming on. It's coming on. You know, pop in the VHS tape, try to record it. And uh, to this day, that song, Midlife Crisis, is, is still not, does never get old to me. I can hear it, you know, a hundred times. I'll never get tired of it, man. I love that song. Um, and I know, uh, real fast uh, uh, to me, I know that you're a fan of uh, King for a Day, Full for a Lifetime, man. That's a great and, album, too. Uh, dude, I love I love that album, man. You're like the only person I know that talks about that record, man. I mean, I. <laughs> I wear that album out, man. That's one of my favorites by them. But this song is uh, Midlife Crisis, man. It's just, it's another thing. I, it's another song I picked because it inspired me uh, to just my passion of music, man. It definitely inspired me. So. And now that we're all in our midlife crisis now, we, now this song makes a lot of sense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mike loves Faith so, No More, man. I do. But, man. So, Mike, what's your favorite uh, Faith No More uh, album or uh, song, Mike? Well, as far as album, you know, it, it's kind of hard to top. I I know Angel Dust is their masterpiece, so to speak. But I'm I came on board with the real thing. See, I'm the same way, man. I, I the 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 Angel Dust. I probably people probably hate me for saying this, man. But the real thing was was my like gateway into to Faith No More, man. That, that's the album I still listen to. Anyway, this man, on. we've talked about it before, and and he's he's uh witnessed um the collection i have over here is just just ridiculous <laughs> i have so many copies of that album it's <laughs> every version you could think of man i have it sitting what, in this room right now what do you think about the uh, the first singer uh chuck uh mosley mosley yeah. yeah i like him i mean i like that album too but i just you know it's it's mike Patton, man i don't i don't absolutely the band and and um, honestly, that I found out about them once Patton was already in the. You know, I came on board with that album, like I was saying, and then I kind of went back. But um, that's I, how I was, man. Or, but I'm I'm more of the the Mike Patton era fan. I don't know how many times I bought a. I don't know how many times I bought Angel Dust in like the you know twenty five cent bin at a record store. There were so many cut out copies of that album. Every time you would go there, there was a clearance copy of it that we would end up buying again. Well, I mean, it came. Song, uh, the cover song that did. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I was just going to say, uh, are you talking about Easy? 
Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Man, yeah. that's, that's one of the best covers that Ever. I've heard. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but I think that album came out, and it—I don't remember. I don't. I don't know if it. I know it's um, as far as um, you know. Like I said, most people consider it their masterpiece. I don't know if it was like the biggest hit when it came out, as you know, as compared to the previous. And um, I don't know what happened to that because there are cutout copies of it everywhere. I mean, I can go find them right now, you know. Right. And and then when King for a Day came out, it was kind of like the same thing. It's like they just blew up on the scene real big. And then I don't know if the uh, music climate changed or their fans changed or or whatever. Well, uh, well King for a Day, um, didn't they lose their, their guitar player, the guy that, yeah. that Jim Martin had the signature look? Yeah, Jim Martin. Yeah, so it kind of is a, it is a different direction, I guess. Uh, I, I remember reading something about they were they they kind of changed. Diff- they had ideas that they said Jim would probably not like, and they kind of just went. They kind of felt more freedom. I, I could be reading that wrong, man. I, I just remember reading something like that in, in an interview. Well, I mean, King for a Day, I think, was a much more straight ahead rock album. It wasn't so much of a you know smorgasbord of of different styles. I think you know that's yeah. why that's why I like King for a Day so much. But I mean, I think that at the end of the day, I think that Angel Dust is probably my favorite. But I do, I have a lot of love for King for a Day. Awesome, man. Well, cool. Let's get into this song. So this is Midlife Crisis by Faith No More. You are listening to Talk To Me on Uncontrolled Noise.
Hey, what's up? It's Don Jameson from That Metal Show. Keep it loud, keep it proud, keep it talk to me, keep it girthy. And we're back, probably about to get into the most heavy band of the night. So, Scott, take it, take it, uh, take it from here. So, the next uh, band is uh, probably the heaviest band. Um, they're called Ace of Bass. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I should be. Uh, no, this band is um, uh, Simple Tura. Uh, roots, Bloody Roots. Man, when I first heard this, uh, uh, I, I'll admit, I didn't listen to some tour before this album. Um, but my buddy put this on and he put the song on and I was like, Oh my God, man. Just, I hear that, just that chorus. And I was like, it changed me, man. Like I went from being a Nirvana kid, a, a white zombie, you know, fan. And when I heard that, man, it just, I was like, okay, this is a game changer. I'm, I'm listening to this. <laughs> this is definitely awesome, man. And, uh, it, it made me go back, uh, to their other stuff. Um, you know, chaos AD and, and uh, and I just I I've always loved Simultura, man, with Max, you know. Um, but it's just such a great song, dude. I can still crank it to this day, and, and I love it. So I picked it. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing song. I just got a, actually I just got my bloody roots in the mail today. The 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 book that he wrote or whatever, and the foreword is done by Dave Grohl, and he talks in there about when he was in Nirvana, he got into or he was into Simultura in the '80s, and then when he got into Nirvana. They were talking about uh, taking Sepultura out on tour, so I think that would have been a crazy tour. It would have been Nirvana, Sepultura. Dude, that's awesome, man! I I I got that that book, man, that you're talking about. I I've, I've read some of it, man. Uh, you know, it, I, I think I was telling you earlier, man. I, I'm so addicted to that Audible.com. I'm kind of giving them a plug, man. But uh, I love listening to their books, man. Kind of like podcasts, man. I'm, I've gotten so kind of lazy with that, so I'm like. I wish that book, you know, would be on audible.com. Yeah. Have Max read it. That would be great. <laughs> oh man, dude. Uh, uh, Sebastian Bach read his book and it is the funniest stuff ever, man. I, I love it, man. Hold on. Let me find my toilet flushing sound effect. Did <laughs> <laughs> That's a sore spot for me, Scott. Oh, yeah. tell me that story, Mike. I mean, you, you can edit this out, but I, I know you, you keep making these little uh, statements about that, but I never heard the story, man. Uh, well, I went to um, I went to the Michael Wagner studio with uh, Chris and Aaron of Decibel Geek, and they did a whole um, albums unleashed is what they call it. Uh, the series on their show where they have. You know, they cover an album and have somebody on that uh, was involved in the making of the album. And uh, so we went, we were in Nashville and we went to Michael Wagner's place and hung out there for a couple hours. Cool. Told us like a ton of great stories, you know, the making of it and everything. And at some point, at some point, he, they were talking about Sebastian working on vocals and, and uh, stuff like that, you know, and he was, he didn't have a bad thing to say about anybody, but he said, you know, there was times, you know, Sebastian was a younger dude and he was just trying to coach him along kind of like, a, you know, uh, uh, kind of mentor kind of deal. Well, long story short, I guess Sebastian or what we think 
somebody else must have listened to the episode and told him because it kind of got misdrewed and just I don't know but fast forward like six months later uh, he was playing a show here in Louisville and like I had Michael Wagner sign my LP and um, I went to the show and you know met Sebastian and everything and we were talking and everything was great and um, he just we got to talking he looked at he went to sign the the record after we were standing there talking for you know 10-15 minutes or something and and um, he looked at he's like whose signature is this man but you know I I can't do the Sebastian voice but (laughs) (laughs) I guess Michael Wagner you know was at his place about six months back and he was like oh you know him and I'm just like no I mean you know I met him and was hanging out there and I told him you know the the whole situation like I just told you and he was like oh that's your show and I'm like no it's not my show I was there with some friends and he was like oh he just grabs my marker and starts signing his name on it and uh, he's like well do me a favor the next time you see him tell him I'll never fucking work with him again and I was just like okay and he was like thanks for coming out and just kind of like tossed my LP in my direction and Damn, showed man. me the showed me the way out of the area we were in. I was like, "Oh, okay, see you later, buddy." Jeez, I like, yeah, yeah, I was just like, "What the fuck was that all about?" Yeah, yeah. But in his defense, he didn't sign his name over Michael Wagner's. I have a track record. <laughs> That's with that what I now. thought you were going with that. Yeah, no, no, he didn't. He didn't do that. <laughs> I was always thinking, if we go down to the Rock and Pod Expo and Don Dawkins shows up, you just need to have Don Dawkins sign over. Mick Brown and George Lynch's name, and it'll just be one one huge stockpile of names. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, well, I'll need Pilsen on there, but you know, <laughs> who's he playing with now? Like Foreigner? What's that? Yeah, yeah. I can just have everybody sign over top of each other's name. That's that would funny. be that'd be pretty cool. Then we could we could do that for a, a giveaway on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Give away that that Dawkins album that. Uh, yeah, I'd be famous, famous by that point. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, that whole Sebastian thing, it was just it was like he got the wrong information. I don't think he even listened to that episode and just you know, probably one of his Yeah people said they were talking shit about him, which they you know, it's not the case. So Yeah, man, I I I I I understand what you're saying, man. I remember seeing him on Supergroup and he kinda was kind of douchey on that show a little bit. But so it's not a far stretch. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, let's get this back on the, let's back on track here, fellas. Let's go Sepultura. But, uh, man, so I got into Sepultura Chaos AD, and then I kind of went backwards. And then, you know, you know, as Chaos AD came out, and it was kind of like that groove metal type stuff, maybe more in the, in along the lines of Pantera, you know, between Chaos AD and Roots, you know, Korn pops up, Deftones pop up, and all these you know, kind of new metal bands start popping up, and then Sepultura comes out with Roots and just blows them all away. It was uh, pretty awesome, man. Absolutely, man. I totally agree. Mike, you Sepultura fan? Sepultura fan? Man, I am not. What? I'm not, not saying I'm not. I've just <laughs> never, I've never gone down. You know. Yeah. Okay, you could say you could say I'm not. I haven't got into them, but Mike, are you a Soulfly fan? Uh. I guess part time. I've seen them in concert like twice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Part time. Yeah, I've never followed. I never followed either one of the bands. So, mm. but uh, I was at a show 
I guess, uh, early 2000s or something like that and saw uh, Soulfly. I think it was like a Family Values tour or something like that. They were Isn't it wild that, um, that uh, uh, Bobby Burns played bass for Soulfly? That's just such a trip for me to think about, man. Yeah, I was in the room when he got the phone call for that. And uh, I was sitting there and we what were... that like? Because we had... Um, Post Primer, we had started another band here in Louisville, and I moved up here to join that band, and we were like working on it. And uh, Jay Don from Flaw was in it, and he, I don't know if I was necessarily in the room, but I, you know, I was. He uh, he's like, "Hey man, I need to talk to you about something." You know, Soulfly had called me and said, "You know, hey, I want you to you know join the band." Blah blah blah. He's like, "What do you think about it?" And I looked at him. I'm like, "Well, you're fucking stupid if you don't do it." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I hate to tell you, but if they called me, I'd have been gone 20 minutes ago. So, but, uh, but yeah, so, I remember, you know, at least he was, you know, even if my, uh, opinion mattered or not, he was still, uh, nice enough to ask me, you know, what I thought. Was that pretty much the end of primer at that point when he was doing the soul, when he left to do the soul fly? Well, primer had ended at the end of 2002 and then we started the new band in early Oh three. And then uh, he got the call for Soulfly like early '03, so Primer was done, and we were you know trying to get this other other band off the ground. It wasn't going anywhere anyway, so good for him. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so, and then I <laughs> then I you know after after Soulfly we did Primer again uh, when that B sides album came out, and that's when we went out. I with, remember that man. Yeah, that's when we went out with Frank and uh, Frank Frank and Billy from Fozzy. Both those guys played with this, and so that's where all that that all ties together there so yeah it was crazy times absolutely man well let's get into this this is a sepultura roots bloody roots you are listening to talk to me on uncontrolled noise
Hi, this is Jeff Walker from uh, Carcass, and you're listening to Josh on uh, Talk To Me. Yeah. All right, and now on to the Deftones, man. I'm going to let you say the name, but i got to say the Deftones because one of my all-time favorite bands, and you definitely picked something off of uh, one of my all-time favorite albums. So uh, so what's our next pick going to be tonight, Scott? Uh, our next pick is going to be uh, Bored uh, by the Deftones, man. Definitely, the um, Deftones were uh, my favorite band for a long time, man. Uh, me and my uh, one of my best friends, uh, uh, old roommate, um, Carl Smith, me and him used to go to every show. Um, we saw him, I think I've seen him over 20-something times. Um, but anyway, uh, kind of a, the reason I picked uh, Board was um, I heard seven words on Headbangers Ball, and I was like, oh, my God, this is, you know, uh, uh, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. This is incredible. So I went, I remember going to uh, Blockbuster Music, <laughs> like when they had music stores <laughs> right. and buying adrenaline and i was like I, I remember putting in the cd player and board came on and i was like what this is so slow like what's going on man i just like heard seven words you know like right and then it kind of took me a minute and i'm like okay this is really tight man and it just kind of grew on me man and it's like i felt like the whole beginning of the new metal everybody's like corn everybody's talking about corn and limp biscuit and deftones were always like for me, I always thought they were just the cooler band. I was like, you know, I love corn, and you know, I used to love Limp Biscuit, and I still like a couple of their old stuff. But, but Deftones were always that band for me. It's like, man, they're so freaking tight, man. Um, I, and and uh, real fast, I'll tell you a quick story. I saw them uh, uh, back in Atlanta, back in '96, at the little Five Points, and Corn. Uh, uh, some of the guys were there. I think Jonathan and Head and uh, Monkey, I believe. And they were just there hanging out at the show. And I remember seeing them, and I was like, ah, oh, this is so cool, man. And and uh, they were kind of, during the show, they were kind of, uh, you know, kind of picking on each other and talking back and forth. And I remember uh, Jonathan getting on stage and doing, uh, I think they did Engine Number 9 or something, man. But anyway, man, that I was I was 16 when I saw it, dude. So it just kind of holds a, a special place for me. And I, I, I've always loved Deftones, man. Uh, and so that's why I picked Ford. No, that song's a great pick, man. I love Deftones. Uh, I think I came on. I I think I uh, started on the album after that one. What was that around the fur? Yeah, it was the second album. Okay, that was kind of like going back to my Faith No More story. It's like I came on to Deftones uh, uh, on Around the Fur, which was their second album, and then kind of went back and then you know have followed them ever since. But um, you know, I think my favorite. Uh, I'm a I'm a White Pony fan. I think that was kind of like for me. That was kind of like their big album for me, where they kind of branched off and expanded the, their sound a little bit, I guess. And uh, yeah. what, about you, Josh? You you like that White Pony? I like White Pony. I was a big fan of White Pony. <laughs> I remember when uh, White Pony came out. That's when Napster kind of first really hit yeah. and, and that was the first album that we ever like downloaded the entire thing before the album actually came out which i did end up going to buy eventually but uh when it came out but we i remember you know we did the whole you know you had to hunt it down track by track and you, you might get a rough demo here and there but that was the first album we ever downloaded completely from the internet 
I remember going to uh, um, when uh, White Pony came out. I remember going. Um, they had a place by my house called Recycled CDs and, and it was just a music store. And they had a midnight sale for White Pony. And, and like you said, it was back when people were downloading. And I remember people, there was people in the parking lot listening to White Pony before it came out because they had downloaded it. And me and my friend Carl were like, we we're total geeks. We we're like, we're not going to listen to it, man. We believe in the band. We're going to, you know, like we're, we're going to buy the record. We're not going to give it, you know. So it's kind of funny looking back. <laughs> That is funny how you were saying that about uh, Scott and about how you were saying uh, about Deftones. Uh, when that whole genre was, excuse me, when that whole genre was firing up and getting going, uh, you had Corn and, and Limp Biscuit and all these other bands, and uh, it was kind of like Deftones were just kind of, I don't know if they didn't have the push behind them or, or whatever it was, but I always heard the name, but you know, all these other bands were just more prominent. You see them everywhere. I think and, Deftones, this is my opinion, Josh can chime in if you want, man, but I, I feel like Deftones are always trying to avoid that that new metal yeah. scene, man. They're trying to do their own thing, and that's what, I think that's why they're still around, and, and they're not cheese, not cheesy, man. Like, they did their own thing, and it kind of, they kind of remind me of, like, Radiohead or something, you know? They didn't give in to the whole, whatever scene was going on, they did their own thing, and, you know, over time, man, they're still around, and they're still doing their own thing, man. And yeah, that, sure, and then, like, when that, when that whole, whole thing came out, my I had a friend that was all, man, you got to check out Deftones talking about that first album. And I'm like, no, oh, man, I'm on to Limp Biscuit and Corn and all this, you know, and everything else that was big at the time. And then I go back and then kicking myself because I let a you know, couple years go by before I even checked out the first album. Yeah, I was thinking Definitely, about this, man. Scott. I think uh, you and I were probably at a bunch of Deftones shows together because, you know, living in Nashville, we would go to Atlanta to see the Deftones at like the, uh, yeah, at like the, not like the uh, Tabernacle and things like that. So yeah. I yeah. remember seeing those shows back in the day. But yeah, Deftones, man, they, you know, they kind of came out at a good time to where, you know, the new metal thing was kind of coming up. They had new metal tendencies in them and, you know, there wasn't a whole lot to choose from at the time. So, you know, when Korn says, hey, check out this band Deftones, you know, all, all of us corn nerds when we, you know, like 13, 14 year old nerds that are like, you know, what other bands can we find that sound like this? You know, Deftones were right there to be that band. And, you know, the, the first album I got into them on Adrenaline, I actually got to see them open for 311 on the Adrenaline tour <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, saw them then. And then, um, you know, when Around the Fur came out, that, that album just was a masterpiece of an album. And then, you know, like I said, with, uh, like Mike was saying with the White Pony, you know, they, they were trying to stay away from the new metal thing, but then again, they put out Back to School, so you never know on that one. So I was just about to talk about I was just about to bring that up, man. That's like their only time I remember them kind of playing something like that. Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, yeah, I think they, they kind of said that the the record label kind of pushed them into doing something like that, and they were kind of did it hesitant, but, you know, I th- they still play that song live occasionally, and they still uh, they, they killed it when they put it out, so I guess they can't be too ashamed of it. What do you guys think of um, um, uh, Deftones... The album after white pony the self-titled record that was kind of like a lot of people i think it kind of was a little underrated a lot of people think it didn't follow up to white pony it kind of did something different i think it was kind of a hard hard album to follow up with i mean you know right i think that honestly the deftones i think have kind of fallen into a thing where you know the later albums kind of tend to sound they kind of all have the same uh they all kind of run together to me you know they yeah. have their moments and things like that, but it's it's kind of they have a formula now. It's a good formula. It's a great song, but it's kind of the same song over and over to me. 
I kind of felt, and this is, uh, you know, after Chi had, had passed, after being in that, you know, that coma and everything, man, um, I kind of, kind of, I, I still listen to him, man, but my, my passion kind of just kind of went away a little bit, man. I was like, it's not the same. It's not, you know, I don't know, man. I just, after, after the incident with Chi, man, it just, it was so sad. And I don't know. I still listen to Deftones, but that, that was a huge turning point. Absolutely. And so in speaking of listening to the Deftones, let's go ahead and check out Deftones board. You are listening to Talk To Me with Toomey and Mike.
It's Kurt Weinstein from Crowbar, and you're listening to Talk To Me. All right, that was Deftones with Board. And once again, we are back with Scott Bowling from his show, Good Company with Bowling. And uh, what's the best place for people to find your show, Scott? There's two places. Um, uh, first of all, I got a website. It's called uh, it's uh, www.goodcompanybowling.com. Uh, the second is um, uh, Facebook, and that's just um, www.facebook.com uh, forward slash good company with bowling. And um, yeah, man, uh, we're, we're thinking about um, taking all our audios from each interview and kind of starting a podcast, man, and just kind of putting it on there. Um, and um, yeah, man, I don't know, man, trying to get more interviews, trying to. Going to see Seven Dust Friday, and I'm gonna be uh, gonna be laying it on. So, come on, man. <laughs> How much of Seven Dust still actually live down in Atlanta? Because I know, like, in like Lejean, like moved to like question. Kansas City and Clint somewhere, and you know, you never know. You're where crushing my, uh, <laughs> crushing my bucket list, man. Yeah, man. I don't know. Um, I, that's a great question. I don't think any of them still live. <laughs> How do you say that? <laughs> Maybe Vinny. Vinny seems like he'd live in Atlanta. He seems like <laughs> just right. he's a good old boy. Very cool. Yeah. And like I said, man, the two episodes have been out, you know, you've, you were telling me about it before it came out. First episode came out and, uh, I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, when I started watching it, I was like, wow, this is like a fucking professional show. And so it looks great. You know, you've got the great set, you know, you get the, uh, videos rolling in the background and the bar area and stuff like that. So, you know, kudos to you, man. You, you've, uh, you've put together a really cool product on there. Thank you, man. I feel like, um, you know, watching that interview was, um, I feel like every everyone I watch is like a learning experience, you know. Okay. It, it's definitely. Um, I, I think uh, you know when, when people are talking. Like uh, I'm interviewing Kurt, and, and my natural is like to constantly say, "Yeah, oh yeah, oh that's cool, yeah, yeah." So, <laughs> so the second one, I'm like, I'm definitely not doing that. And I remember telling uh, Dustin, I was like, "I'm I'm gonna, you know, I'm when they're talking, I'm gonna be serious." So when he's the second I'm interviewing Eric and some of the scenes, man, I look like it's 60 minutes. I'm like looking him dead in the eye, like I'm going <laughs> to kill him or something. Like Crazy. I just do want to say that, that Eric, man, he was such a great, great dude, man, such down to earth guy. And uh, I'm very thankful that he took the, I wouldn't say risk, but he kind of just kind of decided to be on the show, man. I, I reached out to him, um, talked to him back and forth and dude, his band, it, they were so cool, and I'm just so fortunate, man, to just have met him and and kind of we kind of built a friendship, and we're talking about how we're we gonna hang out again, and um, I, I'm just really really proud of this interview, um, and uh, I I want you know as many people to see it. Um, you can go on um, YouTube. We don't have a YouTube channel, but you know uh, on our Facebook and webpage, you can definitely uh, click on the links to the YouTube and, and you can see, we took the, the live portions out of it. Uh, Eric played two songs. Uh, I say, hey, Eric is, his band, my therapy. I'm sorry. I didn't need to, to say that my therapy. They, <laughs> they, um, they played, you know, we kind of interview, play song, interview and play song and, and my therapy, they, uh, man, they're so good. And uh, honestly, it's the best work I've heard. You know, I've heard, I, I love, Stereo Mud and I love Sound Device. Those were my kind of two bands I love, but with Eric Band. But this new stuff, dude, my therapy just—it is so freaking good. And and when they were jamming, man, I was just 
bouncing off the walls like oh, you know dude this is so cool you know everybody's playing there man it's so so awesome but anyway i kind of encourage anybody that's listening to this um you know if you go on good company bowling.com or facebook good become a bowling click on the links man um watch the interview watch and if the interview is too long man just click on the the live videos man it, it the, the, they really did a good job and they're going in the studio soon too and uh I guess that can kind of go to to uh, the last song I picked, the, uh, the top five songs. Uh, I picked uh, a song we, we recorded from the show, uh, but this is uh, My Therapy. Goodbye is hard to say. Well, and then with that, this will be a nice, uh, th- this will be hard to say, but I guess we will say goodbye to Scott Bowling. <laughs> but uh, Scott, man, like I said, you know, you've been a huge supporter of the show since, uh, since I started. Basically, you know, you came on very early uh, Patreon and then throughout the years or throughout the years. Well, I guess it is kind of years now, but uh, you know, helping out buying shirts, nice. things like that. So you've been a huge supporter of the show and I uh, definitely wanted to kind of turn that back around and, uh, you know, support you too. So, so thanks for coming on well, today, man. Yeah, man. Thank, Thank you for having me, man. I, I, I mean, I really appreciate it, man. I, I, I love your show, man. And it's like a, it's like a time machine or something going back. I mean, you have some, some bands I used to freaking love, man. So it's just awesome, man. And, and Mike, it's nice meeting you too, man. Really cool. Thanks for having me, brother. All right. And, uh, so tonight we will finish out with my therapy with goodbyes. Hard to say. Remain.